This is The Paradise Paradox, and my name is Aaron Battle. Uh, today, I'm going to catch up with Kurt. Um, I want to hear in, see how, he, uh, how his recovery is going. He was at the Anarchist Conference in Acapulco, um, and on his way back, he was involved in a bus accident. So, um, all turned out well. He's fine. Um, the fine Mexican medical system took care of him. And he's only got uh, a scar to now deal with. But uh, other than that, uh, I'll let him fill you on the details and tell you the story. Um, I'm here now in, in the USSA, hanging out in New Jersey. Um, he visited some family that happened to live up here. Um, unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Um, so other than enjoying my time up here, I'm also filling in time because I'm waiting for a, a visa to go through. So I jump into that and tell you a little bit of a story on the hiccup, um, how that's all coming along. Um, I know that everyone that uh, watches this show is a little bit, um, maybe a lot, above the, the standard collective consciousness. So we all kind of understand and seek out these ideas to expand our minds. Uh, so, you know, you're probably laughing at me saying, visa issues. Yeah, I know. I know. Kurt and I both agree that they probably pretty shouldn't need to worry about dealing with that kind of thing but you know while we're here in the in this dimension um unfortunately we do have um these huge uh government bodies that look after the the movements of people and like to, to stop people from walking across borders which again you know who knows where that should exist um but needless to say another good episode so um, I'd like to take this opportunity to also thank everybody that's been donating to the show. Uh, you know, we have donations coming in. Thank you very much uh, for everyone that's donating. It, uh, it's more than just, you know, a little love for money. It, uh, it really shows that, that people are, are tuning in, enjoying the show, and throwing a little tips our way. So that's pretty cool. Um, also... If you jump on our website, www.theparadiseparadox.com, um, up the top, uh, pretty close to the middle, you'll see a, a link to PP t-shirts, Paradise Paradox t-shirts. We have a couple up there now, uh, a lot more to come, but uh, featuring the real money t-shirt, which is the, the silver, the gold, Bitcoin right in the middle. Um, anyone that's in a sound money would love to get one of those. Uh, and if you just want to uh, promote the idea of moving out of fiat currency and, uh, and storing some wealth and some real money, bam, now you can buy the T-shirt. Um, the other one is, uh, is closer to aliens. You know, we're into that. So, uh, you know, this we are asking for disclosure T-shirt, I Want Disclosure. Uh, it's featuring the, the pyramid uh, of Chichen Itza. I'm sure it has a name, but I haven't got it right now uh, with a UFO shining a beam down on it. Uh, you can also get that in the tie-dye variety, which is, which is cool for those hipster kids. Um, I think that's about it. So, um, you know, let's hear, let's hear Kurt's story and hear a little bit from me and this, uh, this visa. Enjoy the show. So what's been happening? <laughs> Well, uh, why, don't, why don't you tell me what's, what's been happening with your visa? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, I should have been a little bit more hands-on <laughs> with uh, checking that my wife had all her visa requirements under control. Yeah. I just assumed that she was going through uh, an agency that took care of the, the U.S. visa just fine. So I assumed that the fact that they're looking after the Australian visa, they'll do it an equally fine job, right? 
Um, okay. It it didn't it didn't happen because um, something was left out. Apparently, it was an email sent forward that there was a requirement to go to the biometrics office in Mexico City to do the fingerprints and the iris scan and the photos, which wasn't done until a week before our flights were due to get out, um, which isn't a problem because that's the last step. And really, to give someone a visa, how long should it take? <laughs> what a question. <laughs> I don't know, four to six well, weeks, sure apparently. How long should it take? Well, such a thing shouldn't exist. But how long will it take? Uh, it might take a very long time. Okay. Um, how, okay, you just said such a thing shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with you. <laughs> Um, but sometimes you get caught up in the uh, in the systems hmm. of this kind of thing, and uh, and you go along with it because you know it seems like a fun thing to do. Well, you, I guess um, you, you don't really have much of a choice. I mean, it's not like you know if you arrive in Australia and you don't have a visa, what are you going to do? They'll just they'll just be like, okay, Joanna has to go back, send her back to Mexico. Well, you know. It, it kind of sounds silly and irresponsible that I thought that might even be like a you know an an option. Yeah. Um. But but what happened? I I thought. I thought you know what I've got everything done. I, I've yeah. put a report in, um, because I wanted to speed these things up. So I rang the office and I found out what, what exactly do I need to do. Yep. Uh, write a letter explaining the case with the urgency to. Uh, using a physical mail. Using a well. Uh, that's what they that's what they suggested, and I thought this this is not um, well. Okay, uh, it, it's it is. I know you're laughing, man. It is really funny uh, because we were calling up this office. We went to the embassy, the Australian embassy in Mexico City. There's like two Mexican policemen. Yeah. There. Yeah. And one of one appears to be a supervisor because he's always standing behind and doesn't. He only answers every third question. <laughs> right, he steps okay. in. When the other guy looks like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, we got there, and Joanna's explaining the whole story, and then it's like, no, nah, can't help you. And uh, it wasn't until I pulled out my Australian passport and I said, "Can I talk to somebody that knows what's going on?" <laughs> they said, oh, "Okay, yeah, no worries, come on through." Um, we did, and then we went to the, the little window where there's another guy that I don't know. I don't know if he's Australian or what. Um, we're speaking to him in Spanish, and he seemed like. He had one job and one job only, to tell people that he can't help you, and that's it. Uh, you know, I felt like asking him, what do you, what do, what do, you do here? What is your job here? <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of fed up, and I wasn't really in the mood to crack jokes. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just said, okay, so you can't help me? All right, no worries. And uh, I just I left. I got out of there. Yeah. Um, but he, he told me there's, there's, no one, there's no one there, like the, the embassy's empty and the the office that takes care of all that's apparently in canada so he gave me a number to ring them which was wrong because it didn't have the right area codes and numbers i went online we found the number and we rang and and i, I was sick of dealing with this because by the time i rang through and they said and the girl that i spoke to said nah nothing nothing we can do i can't help you and uh and joanna's like you know that's a problem with with you gringos you know, you take the first no and walk away. I say, hey, wait, wait a minute. I'm dealing with a system here that don't, doesn't want to help me. Yeah, she gets on the phone. The system is comprised of, of many people. I mean, if you take, if you accept a no from the first one, I mean, the thing is the, the, the bureaucrats, don't, generally, they don't know what's going on. And if something is possible, they probably don't know how to do it unless it's something that they do every day. So they're, yeah. they're going to tell you no at every opportunity. No, uh, and they'll just tell you that's not possible. Not, not necessarily because they know it's not possible and they've researched it and they're, and they're, very, you know, they're, ve they're very conscientious about it. Just because they've never heard of it, they assume it's impossible and they'll, they'll tell you to get lost. And that's, a, that's how Well, that, that's, that's pretty much what I got and, uh, and I accepted it because um, – they, they weren't. They weren't very helpful. I mean, the, the girl I spoke to didn't didn't want to help me at all. So um, I was kind of, I don't know. Was, I got to the point like, is there anything I can do? No. Is there a next step? No. Um, can I speed this up? Is there a fast track? What happens next? Everything just came up with like, you know, yep. there's nothing you can do. No. Okay. So uh, 
So, and, and I kind of got the shits and left it. And you know what's yeah. the funniest part about all this? Before you even talk to anybody, they, um, they tell you, do not use uh, inappropriate language, do not be aggressive with our telephone people, all that, you know, like constantly, like, you know, it is not going to help the situation. We do not expect our staff to deal with your uh, inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm like, okay, all right, okay, they're preempting um, me getting upset even though I've been pressing all these buttons to get through to somebody that can't help me anyway. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, Joanna, this is your fault. You do it. Um, and she gets on the phone and she's talking to a Colombian girl because, I mean, that, that's the accent that apparently Joanna told me that she had. Okay. Um, and, and the girl's like, okay, you know, we can work this out. Everything's going to be fine. You know, we're going to, I mean, it got, it got down to them both saying something like, uh, um, si Dios quiere. Vamos a arreglar esto. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I know, I know so you know what I'm talking about. In, it's not in uh, mortal hands anymore. It's in the hands no. of God. Only God can solve this bureaucratic uh, problem which um, men have created. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that, that, that's exactly... Um, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm listening to Joanna saying this. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I mean, but you, you know how Latin American girls are. Yeah. <sighs> well, I do, but what? What do you? Which aspect are you talking about? Well, I, I was yeah, hoping you're, you're going to talking about like, like aggressive sex or something like that. Mm, no, I mean not, not in this case. I'm talking about that everyone's very uh, religious, and you know, and there's always that hope that everything's going to be just fine. And if we just believe in God and we all pray the exact same way, everything's going to be perfect. Okay. That, uh, that's, that's, that's what you're thinking or not? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I see, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> so um, anyway, nothing happened. Uh, it's been uh, almost two weeks and I'm still waiting for a visa. Uh, we went to the airport with the ID. You know, they're, they're just going to follow the system. So they'll check to make sure that we have a U.S. visa and we'll just turn up to Australia and see what happens. Like, you know, I don't respect or care for this system anyway. We'll see what happens. And I told Joanna, you might get put in jail, okay? So just before we get on the plane, whatever happens, happens. But she's aware of what potentially could happen. We didn't get that far. We didn't even, we didn't even get our luggage on the, on the way table at the airport. They, they told me the system doesn't print the tickets if you don't have a uh, electronic visa, sure it doesn't. Yeah, that, that's what I was told. Um, but, the, <laughs> but the guy that was representing United Airlines, yeah, like the 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 manager or, or whoever, was such a douchebag. Like I'm talking, like the the worst. Um, because he would say to me, "Hey, um, okay, this is not your visa. This is the these are the visa forms. Here's the direction or like the." Um, the link online, go here and tell me what they say. And we're in, we're in a Mexican airport that doesn't have, um, doesn't have an internet cafe. I didn't realize till later there's internet available everywhere. Um, but anyway, I, I pretty much knew that they weren't there to help me. Nothing was going to happen. <laughs> so um, I, I just told the guy, look, what am I left with? Our flight leaves in two hours. If this electronic visa can't get organized, what happens next? And... Um, mm. Knowing that the visa wasn't organized, I just had the, the dates and times taken off the tickets and we'll use them later. Mm. Um, yep. and, then, uh, and then I decided, you know what? I'm not going home. I'm all packed. So I decided to go visit the US instead. And now, now I'm hanging out in New Jersey. Okay. Why not? Yeah. That's a, <laughs> it sounds like it worked out reasonably well then. Um, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> well, I, I'm a pretty positive guy. So, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that I'm here again because as much as I, um, you know, I bag out the U.S. as much as everyone else for their um, international meddling, it, it is kind of funny being here because little things are kind of just, you know, it's like it's, I like the big trucks. I like I like hip hop music. Um, I mean, being in the US is kind of it's kind of cool. But then you see things on the news. I don't watch the news, but there's a big TV in Angie's lounge room. That's mm-hmm. my sister that I'm living with here. Um, 
And, and the, the first report that I saw was someone hacked into some government office and pinched all these apparently really important files and has them on ransom uh, for no other cryptocurrency than Bitcoin, that evil Bitcoin <laughs> that those hackers are using. And I thought, oh, God bless those hackers. Somehow, I suppose, they spun it so it's not the government's fault for not securing their data. It's actually Bitcoin's fault. Oh, it's completely Bitcoin's fault (laughs) because without Bitcoin, those hackers wouldn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, and without a a monolithic organization stealing or, you know, forcing people to give up their data, um, that server wouldn't exist. But but then the, the next thought came through was what happens if, the U.S. or I mean, this office doesn't give them the ransom that they're after. Then those yeah. files are gone forever. <laughs> well, I mean, normally they're at least in the movies. Their their stated policy is always we don't negotiate with uh, with well, not not hostage uh, takers, but um, we don't negotiate with terrorists or whatever it is. You know, they always say that in the movies. Yeah. So I wonder. They're, they're made out. Actually, you know, they, they didn't. They didn't say whether they're going to negotiate or anything. They they just said how much. You know, other files. They played a big game. That they showed a you know a, a fat office worker typing away at ridiculous speeds. Um, uh, you know, retrieving these files with the reporter saying, stating something like, um, you know, we we do believe these files are retrievable. Like that's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But I, and then I'm thinking, what happens if someone hacks into Visa or MasterCard and just removes all files? Like, that's, that's, that's worth a lot of money. What are they doing messing around with some government office? Just go for the big guys and remove all no, credit I'm sure, files. I'm sure they do that too. But it just depends where the vulnerabilities are. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're pretty aware of it. Got themselves a little more secure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's been my last couple of weeks. What have you been up to? <laughs> okay, well, I had a I had a little fun adventure. Um, so, you know, you you left uh, you left Acapulco a few days before me, about three four days before me. I decided to stay a bit longer because the guys were like, ah, there's this party tonight, you can't miss it. Yeah, whatever. Of course. Um, and uh, Juan wanted to do some more um, recording for this video clip. Yeah. Um, so he's going to do a, a video clip for my song to Acapulco with some help of Pete Gorman and, and a few other good people in, in Acapulco. They're going to edit down like this three or four hour, three, two and a half hours of footage that we've got into a three-minute uh, music video. Awesome. Anyway, so I, I, I stayed until I think it was Wednesday the, um, and uh, – then uh yeah i got into the the bus station and it was like 8 p.m or something 7 p.m and they're like oh next uh next bus out is at 11 p.m i'm like hmm great perfect <laughs> just what i wanted to hear so so it, i had to uh hang around for a while i made made use of my time editing some essays and this, this kind of thing anyway so um eventually got on the bus and you know put on my seatbelt but had my luggage stored securely underneath the uh under and in the uh what do you call that the stowaway compartment and with my passport secured in my (laughs) in my um fanny pack lucky my luggage yeah which is locked securely with a with a lock that you could probably break with any um, bolt cutter. Anyway, so <laughs> so um, I'm car- carrying you know my laptop and a couple of things with me, and uh, yeah, 11 p.m. go go to sleep on the on the bus. Um, suddenly, around 2 a.m., I'm woken up very abruptly uh, with my head slamming into the entertainment unit in the seat in front of me, and uh, Wearing a white shirt, suddenly there's there's blood all over it, uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, gee, uh, this isn't what I was expecting. 
this actually this doesn't look very good and I'm sitting there wondering if like my brains are exposed and my skull and thinking maybe this is it um, maybe this is the end of my story mm. um, it happened por um, casualidad which by by coincidence or providence a few days earlier uh, we were having lunch at the vegan 30 in in Acapulco and uh um, yeah, I sat there for a few hours and, and was chatting to some people. Um, one, uh, one of the fellows that came down to, uh, to, to have a bite to eat was, uh, Ken O'Keefe. Um, so activist and, uh, I believe his, uh, ex U S military ex Marine. That's right. And he was, he was telling us about some, uh, tricky situations he's been in. And he said to us, you know, I think, uh, out of all these like near-death situations that I've been in, if I hadn't been so calm, then I, I probably wouldn't be here today. Uh, and he said, um, the thing is, uh, if you're panicking and you breathe deeply, it's physiologically impossible to panic and breathe deeply at the same time. So if you breathe deeply and and uh, you start to feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, and... He said to us, the, the, the thing is, I mean, you can die, you can go panicking, like crying and screaming. Um, you might die like that, but if you're going to die, you might as well enjoy it. So I remember those words in this moment with, uh, with blood pouring down my, my shirt. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> yep. So I started. Mean, everyone else would have been waving their arms and, you know. I'm surprised you weren't in shock. You seem to be pretty lucid in what you're doing. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what it's like to experience shock. I mean, I guess I might have gone into shock if not for, um, well, uh, I guess partly for O'Keefe's words and, and partly for, you know, the, the experience that I do have in meditation and deep breathing and that sort of thing. Um, though I don't practice it a lot, but I... You know, that knowledge, some of it ne never really leaves you. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sitting there deep, deep breathing. I grab a pillow and put it on my head to try to prevent hemorrhaging, to, to uh, put, apply a little pressure and stop the bleeding. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, sitting there for, for like 20 minutes um, wondering, okay, um, What's going to happen here? Like, uh, are we supposed to leave the bus? There's a lot of chaos, people going back and forth. Then um, there's a, a couple of guys are like, oh, oh, we have to get away from the window. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, then. Uh, so so what, what happened to the bus? Was it, um, I mean, what happened to the bus? Well, it, it ran into the back of a truck, from what I remember. It just... So, it, it, what, it didn't stop? Uh, I don't remember the bus braking at all. So, I uh, I didn't wake up to braking. I woke up to a collision. So, as far as mm -hmm. I know, there was no braking. So, perhaps the, the, the bus driver was actually asleep. So, anyway, so, so uh, yeah. this, you know, 20 minutes later, um, the window just gets smashed in by the federal police. And uh, one by one, we exit the, the vehicle. Um, so trying to carefully to step onto the top of the police cruiser and uh, slide, down the, slide down the front of it, slide down the hood. Uh, and, um, yeah, at the same time holding this pillow to my head. Um, they, uh, yeah, so... so <laughs> um, Action man. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was because, um, I mean, when, when all this happened, uh, of course, you know, I knew you hung around in, in Acapulco, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll catch up with Kurt when he gets back. That's all I thought. And then, then I'm receiving messages like, did you hear what happened to Kurt? Uh, no. He had a bus accident last night. Um, that, that's all I knew. Um, but when I, when I was talking to you, it was, it sounded, I mean, it sounded a lot worse than that I'm, I'm imagining like a, a tanker is like bang like ran to the side of the bus the bus is rolling down a hill 
you had to smash the window out. Uh, you know, you're rescuing people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't come to that. I wasn't really in a state to be rescuing people, I don't think. I, I, um, I, I did, you know, the thought did cross my mind, but I thought it's probably better to be prudent considering this gaping wound on my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, it's just like, um, you know, when, when an accident happens, yeah. like in real yeah. life, it just, it's so um, not not an action movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, this is after a New Year okay, mm-hmm. so. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ, at Trouble Bubble, and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. So, yeah, I was sitting there on the side of the road. The paramedics came along and, and uh, did some quick bandaging on my on my head. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. They, they didn't actually tell me how serious it was. So I was still thinking, hmm, is this a mortal wound? You know, is, uh, <laughs> is, my, is my brain out of my skull? Well, I think he did. <laughs> he, like, poked at my... <laughs> poked at my wound just a little bit to <laughs> to make sure it was like my skull wasn't cracked open. So of course, like, naturally, okay, right? I guess I guess it's all right. <laughs> um, just, just give, yeah, give you a hard so, knock. How's that? How's that for you? <laughs> that that's okay. <laughs> Does that hurt? Um, yeah, finger in the eye. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, pull, I pulled out my phone and like sitting there on the on the side of the road in rural Mexico. With uh, with with my laptop out, so I can charge my phone. I'm sending a message to uh, to my lady friend Carla, um, and telling telling her to let let you and let my my parents, my 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 family, my brother, that I'm okay. Um, I was I, was, I did feel a little let down that you called or you messaged Carla first and not me. I was like, oh, I see, I see what's happening here. Because you never, you never fucking answer your WhatsApp. That's why. <laughs> okay, you got me. That's the only only thing that works. The Facebook isn't reliable when I'm at, in in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, neither am I. Do not call me if you need help. I'm sleeping. Phones are off. I'm MIA. But, but I mean, you know me well enough. You know that. So yeah, smart move. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, so yeah, so I get I use um, it's like yeah, it's like two thirty three in the morning by that stage, and I mess I message Carla and I'm like, uh, little problem. <laughs> at this uh, at this point, I, st- I still don't know if I'm gonna die. Uh, <laughs> little problem. Yeah. I don't want to do, to worry. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, I, seem, I seem to have nice. had a little a little accident. <laughs> yeah. Please let my let, yeah. let Aaron and let let my brother know that I'm okay. Awesome, cool. Just like, oh, okay, no worries. <laughs> so, what happened? Um, sorry. So, what yeah, did she ask you what happened? Is like, it's it's not just let him know I'm cool. We're good. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of it. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. A bunch a bunch of um, police and, and paramedics came along and they like asked my name three times uh, the the beginning of and a long long thread of asking my name that day i don't know why it was so important to know my name everybody had to know exactly my name <laughs> um anyway so uh the paramedic is like do you have insurance i'm like no he's like really are you sure i mean you don't have any insurance what whatever i'm like I really don't have any. Anyway, so they took me to a public hospital. Uh, they put put me on a stretcher and we got gone into this public hospital. And uh, they, you know, again they ask they asked my name another eight times, spelt it wrong about two or three times. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was, you know, I was I was uh, I was uh, Kurt Robinson David and I was Kurt Davis Robinson. And I was a few different people that day, so. Um, <laughs> oh, that, that, so you can file multiple uh, sue claims and insurance claims, right? <laughs> All to the same address in uh, in the bank account. <laughs> yeah, it might look a little suspicious. Anyway, so so it's a public hospital, but it was um, 
for some reason this hospital is laid out like a labyrinth so if you if if you try to figure out your way through it uh like if you want to get to the you know the ra- uh, radiography uh section you have to walk about through about three clinics and past a couple of beds and through a few hallways that that double back on themselves and all this kind of thing um, I think that's. But anyway, I, I think yeah. that's just the way um, Mexican architecture is set out. Because um, I'm not sure I've commented to you, but have you noticed? There's always a, the doors are always in the middle of the room. They're not like at the sides to <laughs> maximize room space. And you need to walk through one right. room to get to the next room to get to the next room. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Just a Mexican thing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, normally I can't, I kind of understand because it's like you have the courtyard in the middle of the house and so you do have to – there's no hallways because that's, that's just too much work. So you just put uh, from door door to another door, like through a bedroom or through a living room or whatever. Shortcuts. Uh, so you can keep, keep the courtyard out there and you don't have to walk through it. Um, when it's raining or something like that. Okay. So it can't. There's kind of some logic to yeah. it, but this hospital is just, I don't know. It's like the, that that um, that uh, death house, death museum in in Chicago or whatever, where you have uh, door, stairways leading to nowhere and trapdoors in the middle of the floor or something. Yeah. So, so they they turn <laughs> the courtyard into a lunchroom, yeah. and it's off limits to the public. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would probably be a good, a good design choice. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm laying, I'm laying there, and uh, the, uh, the, the, the doctor or the surgeon comes in and and stitches me up, and she's like, okay, so I'm gonna apply some anesthetic. It's for a moment. It's going to feel like I'm rubbing chili into your wounds. <laughs> After that, it will be fine. I'm in. <laughs> Give me two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it did indeed feel like they were rubbing chili into my wounds, but just just for a minute or so. Um, and then, yeah, she's the, like um, sixteen stitches, I think was the was the final count. And uh, so put on a bandage. I hope everyone yeah. else can see the the sweet scar on your forehead, because I mean, I had to get a close up look. Um, are you pretty happy with the work, like with the job there? It's 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 okay. I mean, I've uh, I've seen better, I suppose. But <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, you know, I think it's all right. I, I mean, it looks so, pretty serious. Like it looks like it's like half a centimeter of like red in the middle there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good, you know, strip. There's also this. You you probably can't make it out very well on the camera, but there's actually a dent in my forehead right there. So. Um, that's, uh, yeah, one, one for the, one for the ages. Anyway, so yeah, I was lying there on, on the table while the, um, um, while the surgeon stitched me up and, uh, as I thought, you know, things, things could have been very different. Um, maybe, uh, you know, there, there was a chance that I, that I, I might not have survived. Like, for example, uh, talking to one of the other passengers, Alfredo, uh, he told me about how um, when he when he hit his head, um, he was un- immediately knocked unconscious, and so he was unconscious from the moment of the crash until when the police smashed the the window open. So I thought, you know, if I w- if I were bleeding. If I hadn't grabbed that pillow, um, uh, you know, an unconscious, and if the police hadn't got there as quick as they did... Yeah, you might have bled uh, out. Yeah, could have been a problem. So, you know, I, I'm, I was laying there on the on the table and I started uh, weeping and the sh- surgeon was like, are you okay? Do you need more anesthetic? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just uh, glad to be alive. And uh, I thanked her for um, for everything she was yep. doing, uh, and she's like, "Oh, that's fine. I'm just that's what I'm here for." <laughs> very, very humbly. Nice. Um, so, um, yeah, they did. Uh, they, they did an X-ray. It was kind of funny because they they did this X-ray. They didn't tell me 
what my results there. So I'm just sitting there with an with an IV in my arm, um, like like I'm in a waiting room for you know another three hours or something. <laughs> uh, wondering what the, what the hell I'm going to do, you know, and everybody's asking me for for my ID. My passport is in my luggage, which um, they they told me they couldn't get out. Um, I'd have to collect it later. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so they didn't give me the the, the X-rays, except later they they offered to put them onto CD. So I still have them here. And it looks like my my uh, cranium is still in pretty good shape. Lucky. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, think. Uh, I mean, I paid for the medical treatment. It's a public hospital, so they only charge me like twenty dollars <laughs> for the, the X-ray no way. and uh, the stitches and everything. Yeah, and yeah, the prescription um, for some I, I, antibiotics to prevent infection. I, I yeah. laugh because um, I, I just yesterday I we talking about medical care and, and health care and, um, I don't know, there's a big big thing going on here in the U.S. Um, as much as I'm not interested and I try not to get involved with uh, this, this president, you know, candidates and everyone's throwing lies at the TV like you wouldn't believe. Um, apparently, um, you know, health care is a big deal in the, here in the U.S. and I recently found out how much my sister pays per month for health care for a family and it's just, um, yeah, I nearly threw up. It's uh, it's mm. like you you know with what you're paying for healthcare, you could support the paradise paradox for the rest of time, and uh, <laughs> and we could both quit our jobs. It was it was that bad. We could probably buy a house, wow, um, and, and live wow. well. Well, I, I mean it's, I mean I, I don't want to say because it's embarrassing, but Kurt, I don't think you'd believe wow. me. Yeah. So here you say twenty bucks <laughs> for like emergency care. It's like why would you why would you pay for insurance? Well, you know, it's a public hospital. And they, I mean, the the thing is, the thing they missed was a neurological test. And you know, it's uh, like I'm telling you this stuff about about them asking my name twenty times and and you know giving me an X-ray but not telling me if if my brain is actually broken or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to highlight that. Okay, this is a public hospital. The the care is not very; it's not high yeah. quality. I think, you know, I got I, I got lucky. You know, I, the the woman who stitched me up was very competent. But um, at, at one stage, sitting there waiting for treatment, uh, a woman came out and said, "Well, look, my my daughter is is in labor. She, like she's have, she's got to have a child. Like right now, we've been waiting here for four Ooh, hours to see okay. somebody." Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's a public system. It's not, it's, it's not ideal. So, but you know, I mean, even if I were to get insurance here, um, health insurance, it wouldn't cost, you know, the kind of figures that like thousands of dollars that you're talking about, it would probably be, um, a hundred or a couple hundred dollars at yeah. most, um, Actually, I would be surprised to pay that much. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, so I'm sitting there and <laughs> sitting there, he just hearing that story from the woman, and and I, I you know, tap a and a nurse or someone and say, "Am I going to be waiting here for ten hours for treatment?" <laughs> and they're like, uh, "We'll see." <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, to their credit, it didn't it didn't take all yeah. that long. Um, and I don't know what happened to the to the to the baby. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, so eventually, uh, yeah. I mean, Alfredo was was saying to me, and this was a cool thing about it because it was like these. Um, well, it's me- Mexican hospitality. So, um, like, even standing there in the um, while we're trying to get the, the prescription for the antibiotics and the, the painkillers and stuff. Um, a fellow came up to me and at, the, at first I was like, who is this guy? Uh, uh, and his, he was just asking how I was and what happened and, and this and that. Uh, and uh, like after, after about 30 seconds, I let my guard down because I, I realized, okay, actually, he's just, he's just a friendly Mexican and he wants to help. And he said, 
you know, if you need anything, um, uh, just ask me. I, I'll see what I can do. And that was the, the first of three or four times that that happened that day, just out of nowhere. A stranger came up to. Yeah, that that's really, uh, I mean, anyone that goes to Mexico for an extended period of time, you know, gets to know that's how Mexico is and people, re- you know, people aren't there to chop your head off and sell your kidneys like you like the uh yes. you know mass media news would let you believe but people actually do have a have a heart in the right place where they they want to help yes. people and you know they don't even realize that Mexico is yes. painted with such a, a a bad taint um and i mean you and i know that and but i mean they still keep pushing these stories where people people are scared like, you know i mean tourists go to Mexico and they all run from their hotel room to Walmart where these are like, you know, green zones and we're all playing tips um, where, where Mexico is not like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of funny because people in, in Latin America, I guess they have, they have no idea that this hospitality isn't, isn't normal. It's actually an exceptional level of, of friendliness Anyway, so so I was there with um, uh, with Alfredo and and another uh, another one of the passengers. I think his name was Manuel, and um, so so Alfredo was helping me out. And he uh, he was actually he lives in Los Angeles, but he's a Mexican born, um, and you know he was just in in Mexico for a little holiday, and uh, he was. Um, yeah, he was saying to me like, "Oh, you shouldn't pay because this is, you know, the the uh, the bus company should pay for this." And that's, but unfortunately, we couldn't get that figured out on the yeah. spot. Um, uh, but uh, the the other fellow, um, uh, the other the other fellow had a cousin who was who was in town in Guadalajara, and he he was a pastor, and and he was like, "Well, let's you know, I'll help you out as much as you can." He gave us a lift. Uh, to the bus station in Cuernavaca, where, where we're supposed to pick up our luggage, and um, there we actually met a, an, another fellow who was af- affected by this. I think his daughter was was in the in in the crash, um, and he was there. And it's like a, a bit a big commanding guy, and it's like, well, you need to tell me where I need to go, and this. And <laughs> uh, but he offered us a lift to the to the government department now this this is just i mean this is a clusterfuck of bureaucracy like why do why the fuck do we need to go to a a government department like the ministry of transport or or whatever the hell it is um just to to make an insurance claim well like we publicly we need to make a public denouncement towards the bus company before we can receive any of of our claim like because this is the like this is where the insurance come in because the the bus company um, when you have a ticket with a bus company in Mexico they normally it's normally is insured. that all of them or just the good ones um, so they I don't actually know I've never actually looked at the terms and yeah neither have I um, you know how unprepared I was I suppose yeah anyway so at least Coastal Line has it and and uh, I mean you said. Plus yeah, well, I, I know. Um, actually, I noticed when I was looking at the ET, ETN ticket, it's like on the back, it's it's mm-hmm. got um, terms and conditions of of um, seguro of insurance. But I mean, you know, yeah. I, I don't exactly expect. I mean, what, what are you expecting to cover? But how how many days was this after? Like, yeah. this, you went to the office the next day. Yes. Yes. Well, that. Um well, depending on how you look at it, like the the crash was okay. around two a.m. We I went that day, so uh, I'm on about you know two hour, two three hours and sleep. The, and the, the hit in the head. Point. So this is it's actually my ticket there. <laughs> it has the has the conditions on the back. I guess that's I'm a keeper. Look at them later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the souvenirs that you know I could have died this trip. Like that, the ticket. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I will put that up and frame it. <laughs> well, um, just in, I mean, just, just about that, um, with, with packing my stuff, I yeah. got a little envelope with, you know, some, a few, not, not like receipts, but with tickets like that. And I think, 
you know, if I if I get this is kind of weird homesick. It's like um, you know that time kind of time capsule. You look at the ticket again and go, you know, I remember uh, in Acapulco 2016. You know, it was a great trip until I left, and that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, the no. best. No, no regrets. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, this this bureaucracy. We uh, like. Um, we we went to the we went to these bureaucrats and we're like, well, the lady from Costline office told us to come here, and she's like, nah, I don't know. And we were like, okay, this is you know, this is exactly what I yep. expected to happen. <laughs> um, that uh, you know, the guy was actually there. He he approached us and said, "This this young this young guy, about twenty, I don't know, twenty four years old or so." And he he came up to us and said, "Ah, oh, were you guys in this in this crash? I'll sort everything out." And you know, this guy was was very helpful, though you know, very inhibited by this bureaucracy as well. Um, and um, yeah, the. Um, yeah, so I, I spent most of the day in the in this government office. I mean, the good thing is there are a lot of attractive women in Cuernavaca, a lot more than in Acapulco. Yeah, so, Acapulco. <laughs> maybe if you if you're on your way, I to Acapulco, I feel for the you know yeah. we we met a lot of cool dudes that were flying in from the US and you know a lot from Europe, and uh, you know the general comments yep. were well you know the um, the Mexican women women do not represent. Like, you know, we expected something different. I was like, well, Acapulco is not the place. And it really isn't at all. <laughs> yeah, what's well, I, I don't know. I mean, some people were saying that. But, the, um, I mean, it's definitely, it's in terms of, uh, like, I, I try to count it in, in minutes. Oh, cool, yeah. So, how many minutes does it take walking around a city before you see a woman waits, you know, you might stop in your tracks or and and uh, I'd say like in uh, in Acapulco, it's probably like twenty thirty minutes Be- before in, like a uh, in, before know, wow high. yeah that's impressive yeah okay so yeah yeah or at least you know maybe not quite wow okay but that's, that's interesting close. so right. well like seven so, eight nine ten yeah yeah. Some, something that's going to pique your interest. Nice, nice yeah. phrasing. So, how would you how would you compare that to Guadalajara? <laughs> so, Guadalajara, I'd say, is a bit like seven to ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Medellin. Is like <laughs> <two> <laughs> um, I, I am interested in going to um, what, to Colombia. Like yeah, that, that'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, it was actually her idea. Course. Oh, okay. <laughs> she loves to make fun of. Well, her. Uh, that's that's because I, I only recently found out that everyone at her work makes fun of her because apparently she has what appears to be an Colombian accent. And I think it's just because she got <laughs> she got fatter cheeks, okay. and it just sounds that way. <laughs> I, I've never noticed because I never knew what a Colombian speaks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. Depends where you're from, but I, I think I mean she normally makes fun of the Paisa accent, like the Medellin, which I think is very cool for any um, anyone that speaks that way. I, actually, I'm thinking I might go down there for a little while just to pick up the accent. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the 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 cherry on the on the cupcake. Was I mean I sorted out all the bureaucracy and they um, and they told me where my my luggage was going to be there at the bus station to pick up, uh, but the 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 beautiful you know the piece de de resistance de, de, de of the, all this uh, bureaucracy was some um, police inspectors coming up to me and I, I didn't realize they were actually police inspectors after a, a, a couple of minutes I noticed that they all had uh, holstered guns on their hips which is probably something I should um, take note you know in the, in the primary stages of an interaction but you know this is head, head trauma and, and lack of sleep yeah you're working. excused so um yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I, you know, I survived this encounter with the police, so I guess it's not such a big deal this time. 
uh, and uh, yeah, so they 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 come up to me and and they're like, listen, um, uh, we want you, we want you to uh, have an interview with us, and I'm like, well, look, I've I've spent all this day, all, the whole day in in the hospital and this this uh, government department, um, and you've like I've had to answer my name 10, 20 times or whatever it was, uh, and uh, fill out all this paperwork and this and that. I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with your your interview. So, you know, have a good yeah. day. Um, and uh, this, um, the, they're like, okay, well, you, or this this one in particular. I mean, two two of them were rather passive. There's three of them, and one of them is like the, I don't know, alpha alpha male or whatever. Um, and. Uh, he says, "Okay, well, just come with us and and uh, fill in the sheet and 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 sign it to say you don't want to um, talk about it." And I'm like, "You want me to fill in a sheet to say that I have nothing to say? Well, how about I just don't say anything and we'll leave it at that? All right? I don't I don't want any papeles. <laughs> it's not, you said that's that? not my business. That's you guys' business. Cool. Yeah, yeah no, that's, yeah, I mean, they they need to understand, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and but this guy, I mean, they kept they kept uh, applying this pressure on me, um, and eventually, I'm sure I'm I'm asking them like, okay, well, listen, you you keep asking me to do this thing. I don't. I have. I actually don't know why you want me to do this. Uh, what happens if if I refuse and I just leave uh, and one of the inspectors is like, "Well, that's your right," uh, and the, the 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 main pig, uh, the, I mean the the actual pig. The other two, I, I wouldn't describe as pigs, but this pig uh, is is like, yeah. uh, uh, but the, you know, don't say that. <laughs> don't let him know he has right. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well. It, well, you know, if 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 you refuse to do it, then we might have to do some kind of. I don't know what he was saying. He used the word retener, like retain, and I I thought, wait, is he threatening me? Like, is he saying he's going to detain me? Um, and he's he's saying he needs to retain the the bus drivers. I was like, I don't know what what yeah. you're talking about. This is all in Spanish, and and uh, it's a whole like. I, I'm pretty sure, like even with the head trauma, even with my, you know, my mediocre Spanish at that moment, uh, I'm pretty sure he was just talking nonsense and just trying to fast talk me and 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 intimidate me and a few other things. Um, so I'm, the, you know, the longer this goes on, the the more my my patience is tested. So I mean, this is kind of funny too because I just ma- I managed that morning to to maintain my head cool in a very difficult situation but this fucking pig comes up and starts bothering me I'd get, I start to get very very frustrated um, so you know I don't I don't like being told what to do uh, and uh, yeah I mean this the 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 insurance fellow um, the the guy from the bus company is like, well, did you did you fill out the papers? I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't fill them out. I mean, you talk to police, nothing good comes from that. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, common understanding. But anyway, this uh, the the insurance fellow of um, is like, well, just uh, you know, fill it. Fill it out. Just, to, just, just write that you don't want to say anything and sign it, and that's that's kind of the end of it. Um, but the, um, but the, the 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 pig is like, listen, you got to do this. You got to do. And at no point, I I don't think at any point did he actually say to me, you have to do this or you have to sign this or because uh, so this is the, you know, the fucking awful manipulative language that's used by authoritarians yeah. and bureaucrats. He, he would have known. He, um, he would have known anyway, he can't so say that. Like, yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not going to say something which, which misrepresents a situation. 
but he, I mean, he's going to say a whole bunch of stuff which barely makes sense and, ho- and hope that I, I misinterpret it or something, you know, something like that. It's like this sleazy sales pitch cool. thing. Okay, we'll take a break. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ, at TroubleBubble, and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so the, the pig is continuing to, to put on this, put this pressure on me, uh, and he hands me the sheet, and I'm like, okay. Uh, so I just start writing in big letters that fill up the entire writing space, N-A-D-A. And, and the pig is like, does this guy think I'm playing? Crees que estoy jugando? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do think, you, I do think you're playing. I think you're messing around. I ask you all these questions. You give me the, this run around. You're not going to answer my direct questions with a direct response. Yeah, I think you're playing. Um, Nada. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, so I, uh, he was kind of taken aback from that. He didn't really know what to say. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously he expected to bamboozle you at this point by yeah. now. Yeah, well, you know, in the end I did, I guess. But he did because I, I signed the thing. Um, and uh, anyway, so the the insurance fellow was just like, well, just put, perdón, uh, like, sorry, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore and signed it and, the, you know, that'll be the end of it. I'm like, okay, you know, this guy, uh, he's all right. He's, uh, uh, I guess he knows what he's talking about. And, yeah, uh, you know. The, yeah, it was like system paperwork that needed to be filed somewhere for something. Do, do you know? Do you know what it was? It, it was like if it it seemed to be um, a, a sheet that if if I wanted to um, denounce the the bus driver or the bus company, like if I wanted to to initiate some kind of legal um, proceedings against them, uh, then this would be like the first step in that. Um, but I I didn't so. You know, I, I I wrote on that. You know, sorry, I don't want to talk about it. I signed it. I considered writing under 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 duress above my signature. In the end, I didn't do that. Um. Anyway, so so that was the end of that. Um. Yeah, got my luggage and and uh, gone on the bus to um to to Mexico City and, and stayed with my friend Alinka. And, in Mexico City, who helped help me out a lot. So you know, it's 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 good because, I mean, it's a terrible situation. But uh, and there are so many people willing to help, um, and it would have been a lot more difficult if there weren't so many people willing to help. Um, yeah, so. even just. Um you know, the, the feeling of, of being in good hands or being calm, you know, allows you to think a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it, it is pretty terrible. And I guess maybe in the early days of me traveling through Mexico, I did feel like, oh, no, everyone's out to get me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't talk to the little old lady on the corner for directions because she might, you know, she might want to, um, to body traffic me or something. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, she might want to kidnap my, my good corneas something like that. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's a pretty horrible feeling. But Mexico is, I mean, you know, as you, as you say, Mexico is pretty cool. I mean, and, and you're a tall white guy. So, you know, if anyone's out to get somebody, you know, you're the target, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, they, I mean, they took out the stitches last last week and they did, I guess the guy to do a neurological test and, he, and um yeah, he just got me to walk on my toes and on my on my heels and um, some some a couple of other things. And he said, "Yeah, you're fine. Your brain's working." I <laughs> um, used this stuff um, to apparently to reduce the, the scarring. There's a there's a couple of options. You can use aloe, uh, aloe vera, or sabila as it's known here, um, uh, which is very good, apparently. But I, I bought this cream, which is um, cream with mother of pearl. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Which and, is what like pregnant ladies use oh, on, their, on their stomach. Marks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently this stuff is like, what I've read, it sounds like the effects are like almost like magic. I mean, if you apply it every day for, for two or six months, two months for a fresh scar and, and six months for an old scar. And it just just eliminates it. <laughs> is that what you want, though? Because um, I mean, someone with a with a with a beginning hip hop career may, like, a, as a rapper, you may want to keep the scar. <laughs> <laughs> so they can call me Scarface. I don't. Know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you like that name? <laughs> <laughs> it's already taken. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's already they already made a movie about that guy. <laughs> well, they 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 made a movie about him, and then then a rapper took his name and, and used that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Use, use the cream, man. Get rid of the scar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll, see, I'll see how it looks in, after a month or so of using this cream. Um, but, you know, I'm not particularly worried about it either way. I mean, it looks kind of badass. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, well, You've you got a haircut as well. <laughs> I only just oh, noticed. That's one way of putting it. So what? I mean, what they did? Is because, because <laughs> you, you, the, you didn't go for the style. It was like Kurt got a haircut. <laughs> just a few. Um, so just because the 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 cut extended past my hairline, they had to trim a bit of hair away to okay. uh, to stitch me up. That's it. That's all. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. It was with the with the light coming through on the on the camera. I couldn't really see. I just noticed your hair was shorter, but I only just right. noticed. Right. Um, so they've shaved a bit of your head up as well. Yeah, just a just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm happy to be alive, and uh, yeah, as I said a, a few weeks ago on the uh, on the, on a quick video I did. Um, the uh, the thing is, yeah, I mean, you can take these experiences. And you can say, why me, you know, and play this victim mentality. Or you can say, you know, there are so many good things about this. Glad to be alive. Um, I'm extremely grateful that it, that, that it happened the way it did. And this, you know, this, this in no way diminishes my passion for life. I think it only increases it. Um, 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad to be here and, and uh, life is good. Cool, man. I'm happy to hear. I mean, the Paradise Paradox can't go on in just me. You know. It's a two-man show. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess that's the, that's the story. Um, yeah. Well, um, cool, man. I've, I'm, I'm here in New Jersey. You're still in uh, – I mean, I'm looking at the sun, man. I, I miss it. Even though, even though uh, New Jersey has the warmest weather on record, um, yeah. which is good, I expected to come into like shoveling snow. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And, and I'm wearing, you know, I'm wearing a shirt. Um, I could have been wearing shorts this morning, so <laughs> you know everything's a bit weird. But that's right. that's cool. That's cool. Well, I don't you do. Know, you know, there's been I don't a do cold. cold snap here in the last few days. It's gone down to like twelve degrees. Uh, yeah, Joanna was showing me um, pictures of the agave covered in ice. Real, yeah, like tequila is like it snowed or something. I was like, that's probably never happened ever before. Yeah, you better buy tequila quick because in eight years' time, it's going to be really, it's going to taste funny. Yeah, isn't that a it's a thing they do with wine, like frozen snapped <laughs> wine or something, frozen snapped grape that turned it into wine and it changes the flavor. Well, that, that's the thing. I don't know if, if tequila is going to taste good. If it's been frozen, because you know how you leave the beer in the sun and like the beer gets burnt. It's like, what happens yeah. to the tequila? Yeah. Because tequila, it's like it's, it's hot in tequila. So frozen tequila, I don't know if that's going to go down too well. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm in. So, yeah, so head on, head on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You can look through our old episodes. Um, we appreciate it if you, if you send us some, some tips our way. That'll cover my medical expenses uh, uh, as well as my bus ticket back from Acapulco when Aaron's uh, rearranged 
flight to Australia when it, when it yeah. finally comes. <laughs> I'm going to need help. <laughs> I might stay here. Either way, tips are nice. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, so I put the uh, – you saw I put, I put the UFO shirt up on, um, uh, on Spreadshirt the other day. In, in the tie-dye blue, it looks yep. awesome. In, and in the black, yeah. I think. The pink, yeah. I'm a little wary of. <laughs> pink UFO. That sounds like a euphemism if, if ever I heard one. Um, but, yeah. but for the chicks, so, all good. <laughs> yep. So check out the, the T-shirt designs. At, le- at least have a look on there. So go on to theparadiseparadox.com. You can see the link for the, for the T-shirts. And lots of love. Um, yeah, anything else? Just to keep, keep shifting. shifting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Peace. <laughs>